Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Oshvin, I'm on the phone with Brian, and on this week's episode we're going to be talking about the 2022 film Prey, directed by Dan Trachtenberg, written by Patrick Azen, and starring Amber Mid-Thunder, Dakota Beavers, and Michelle Thrush. In this film, an alien that's minding its own business in the Great Plains during the 1700s faces off with a Comanche woman on a quest to prove herself worthy as a hunter. If you're new to the show, Brian and I are going to have a spoiler-free discussion at the top of the episode. We'll just review the background in this film before diving into the plot, the spoilers, and the review of the film. Brian, I wanted to call out here that you are relatively new to the Predator universe. Uh, you just saw the first one in the last year, right? Yeah, I think about a year ago is probably when we covered Predator. Maybe a little more than a year ago, last summer sometime. Yeah, man, time is crazy. I, I, I couldn't tell if that was just like a few months ago or like two years ago. I know, so, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's the only one you've seen in the franchise? That's the only one I've seen. Cool. And I think we both like uh, liked it, right? Yeah, we did. We both liked it. And yeah. you've seen many in the franchise or a couple? What's your story? Yeah, I've seen Predator. I saw Predator 2 like decades ago and then Alien vs. Predator. Um, and then I watched a little bit of Predators today. Um, oh, and I've seen, yeah, I guess I've seen uh, that other one, The Predator, which came out a few years ago. Okay, um, so you've basically seen them all for the most part. I guess, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's one way to say it. Um, I think I think one of the alien, like there's a few alien versus predators I haven't seen, unless only two of them, then there's just one I haven't seen. Um, but yeah, uh, I was wondering, I, I, I think we talked about this in our review of Predator. Um, this Is this like the most... Um, horror adjacent franchise that we've covered where it's like a very blur line between horror and action I think this is the closest we've come to covering something that's not truly a horror movie when we discuss the first Predator yeah this one feels a little bit more horror than that did right it did yeah I mean yeah that was like 80s uh, blockbuster on the Schwarzenegger time and yeah this one definitely feels like a whole different genre a little bit yeah, it also feels like it's just marketing to a different crowd, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you feel like the Predator is um, a scary monster? I because I, you know, I think when we talked about the '80s film, we actually thought it had like some qualities that made it similar to like a slasher in some ways, right? Yeah, dra- taking people down one by one, people dropping yeah. like flies. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, do you think uh, the Predator is like a scary monster, or uh, are you are you kind of on the fence about him or about I- it? I mean, it's a scary monster if you encountered it in your day-to-day life, for sure. But I think in the course of the movie, it does more seem like a very challenging and, uh, I don't know, a worthy opponent, a challenging antagonist, more so than a creepy monster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I think like all the technology that the Predator has makes it a little less scary like compared to like the closest comparison i can draw is like uh alien and uh just thinking about like those two in terms of how scary they are i feel like alien is a scarier one and is a little more uh primordial is that the word hmm or is that of a prime yeah, yeah primitive yeah primitive yeah primordial is like yeah like maybe towards the beginning of time so yeah i, I don't know vocabulary okay. testing 
Yeah, we go. We we just get there so quick. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what is this word you need? <laughs> just expose our stupidity immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why well, stand on ceremony on that one? Uh, so this one came out on Hulu, and it's uh, I think it's hit a landmark of becoming the most watched premiere on Hulu in the U.S. Doing really good internationally on the platforms that's streaming on. Any idea why this one didn't make it to the theaters? Wow. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I can't remember. I want to say I heard something from the director where Dan was like, yeah, I just want it to be seen by as many people as possible. Um, But now I can't remember if I'm mixing up my movies. So I'm not totally sure on that one. But yeah, it is interesting because it seems like it's such a big movie. Right. Yeah. And all the other ones, I think, probably had theatrical releases. So, uh, yeah, kind of crazy. Um, but I, you know, I, I don't know, like, uh, I, I think if, if that's what Dan said, like, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense because, uh, these days I think you are getting a wider audience if you go straight to streaming versus theater. So, I think so too. I think so too. And I could totally be making that up that he said that, um, cause I'm looking through my notes and not seeing anything, but did you say that to yourself? I think maybe I said it to myself in an imaginary <laughs> interview. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if I, I think I was listening to uh, the big picture. They did a review of this film and I think they I feel like they were taking the view that like, yeah, this should have been a theater release maybe or like questioning like why it wasn't. But I was wondering in this day and age if like theater releases still hold that like premium spot. I mean, what's what's the benefit? You're going to make a little bit. You're going to make a lot more money, I guess. Right. Yeah, I guess I don't know what the revenue looks like on these deals. I wish I knew more about that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, me too. I think the biggest play, though, is to steal people or, like, boost membership of the platform. Right. Which, uh, given, like, the viewership numbers here, I'm, I'm sure it, it's creating some sticky users on, on Hulu. Yeah, I would guess so. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, too, because it's such a big movie to... You'd want to see it in a the theater, but... Um, yeah. I don't know. It also doesn't have any star power, really, so I don't know if that plays a part in the theater decision or not. Oh, yeah. Good point. But you got a director, I think, who's done like some pretty great work, like 10 Cloverfield Lane, a Black Mirror episode. What else has he done? Uh, An episode of The Boys, an episode of The Lost Symbol. Oh, right. He's got an episode of an upcoming series based on the 1995 movie Waterworld. Oh, what? They're making a series about that. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Pretty nuts. (laughs) <laughs> take the biggest failure in, in uh, cinematic history. It was a big failure. I don't know if it was the biggest, but uh, yeah, I could see that turning into a TV show. That's right? Funny. Yeah, it was a famous yeah. flop. I, I find that very odd. Yeah, yeah. He also uh, directed a short based on the video game Portal. Have you ever seen that game played or played it? Um, is that like on your phone and it's like augmented reality where you go around and you find these portals? Is that the one? Maybe they made an augmented reality version. I used to watch... Uh, our mutual friend Elliot play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I'd play a little bit, but sometimes I'd just sit and watch him play. On what? Like, was it on like PlayStation or something? I feel like it was like Xbox or one of the PlayStations. I haven't kept up with video games, so I don't oh, okay. have a clue. But it's a really cool game. You like throw portals. You're like trapped in a room and you have to figure out how to use these portals to get to oh. a part of the room where you can escape. That's really cool. So he's making a show on that or a movie? Uh, it was a short. Oh, it was a short. Okay. Neat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'm thinking of a totally different game then. Uh, that sounds really cool, though. Uh, and, and you saw 10 Cloverfield Lane? 
Uh, no, I still haven't seen it. Maybe we should put that on the sequel September oh, candidate yeah. list. Yeah, that would be a, a great one. Have you seen the Black Mirror episode or the Boys episode that he directed? Yeah, the episode of Black Mirror was called Playtest, and that's a creepy episode. It is, yeah. I just rewatched that one today. Uh, so, yeah, it's powerful. Pretty, yeah. Pretty neat. Kind of terrifying. Yeah. You know, uh, watching that and having seen 10 Cloverfield Lane, I feel like this guy does really good with, like, very dialogue-driven stories. So it's interesting to see him do this, which, like, suddenly you're in this, like, huge open landscape which is very unlike those films and not like as dialogue driven as uh, those two pieces. Yeah, for sure. In fact, they briefly considered not having any dialogue at all. Oh, no way. Wow. Yeah, yeah, him and Patrick Ason. But I think in the end they decided it. they needed a little bit to give some context and stuff like that. Okay, cool. And then it sounds like there are two ver- there's like the English version that I'm sure both of us saw and then there's a dub uh, where the actors and actresses speak Comanche, right? Yeah, I would have liked to have seen that one. I, as usual, I usually don't know these alternate versions exist until after I watch the movie and I'm researching. Mm, yeah. Do you, I, I couldn't tell, like, is it a dub or did they act out the whole movie again in speaking Comanche? I can't imagine that's the case, right? I couldn't determine that either. I thought maybe they did, but uh, it might just be dubbed. Okay. That seems is it like... Comanche or Comanche? Shit, I think it's Comanche. I think so too, but <laughs> I could be wrong. Right. Damn, I meant to ask you before the show. Yeah, Comanche. That's no, right. let's say our dirty laundry as usual. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you there if it was uh, reshot again, but they never do that, right? Like they never shoot a movie twice in two different languages, do they? No, uh, not that I know of. But I mean, to your point, there were very few. I mean, yeah, you had a few scenes of dialogue. I mean, like it wasn't. Uh, crazy on the amount of dialogue in this. Right, it's not absent from the movie, but it's it's fairly sparse. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they're really cool that they picked uh, that as the main characters and like had the story take place back then, which sounds like a lot of that's inspired from the comic. You ever read the comic? No, I never did. How about you? I think I read one comic back in the day, and it was cool, but I don't remember any of it. But the pictures are really nice. all right they can stick that review right on the front of the (laughs) comic nice pictures (laughs) um this one uh yeah coming from the original film so that was like 35 years ago so it's a pretty old franchise and yeah how how many are there then one two three four five six is this the seventh installment Uh, i think this is the fifth installment right you got predator in 1987 predator 2 in 1990 predators in 2010 the Predator in 2018 and Prey in 2022. Yeah, but you're, then you don't count. It's almost like AVP is its own little yeah mini franchise, right? I guess I I kind of counted it within uh, the 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 universe. Um, yeah, because yeah, similar characters. And then you know I started watching some of Part Two last night, and it's interesting how like uh, things you see in Alien versus Predator and in this film are actually reflected in Part Two back in the. The 90s so i think they're all these movies are like playing to one another all right cool i for some reason did not write down any of the alien predator crossover movies in my notes i feel like there are at least two there's like a requiem and a, and a basic one but <laughs> <laughs> alien versus predator the basic one <laughs> yeah nothing fancy <laughs> uh speaking of you know on the topic of us making missteps yeah I feel like horror nerds, there is a group of people who 
will nerd out about like the predator and its whole like <laughs> origin, etymology, whatever. Sure. And like the life cycle of a xenomorph as well. Like oh. people nerd out over that kind of stuff. And yeah. if the movies like get it wrong or something is inconsistent with the backstory of the whole franchise, they kind of get grumpy. So if you're one of those people, you're probably already mad, so I don't even need to say it, but just you may you may want to just take a lot of things with a grain of salt. Yeah. I kind of feel Although like... Although you're a little bit of a predator expert, it sounds like. I mean, I've just seen the movies, but I imagine there's a lot buried in the comic books, but I feel like if you're one of those people who like know like the full backstory of these, you probably get pissed at a lot of things in life. You've uh, stopped listening to us long ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, you probably... Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah probably listen, stopped listening to us. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting, uh, like all we, like all I know about the predator and you can tell me more, um, is that they're a creature that, uh, hunts based on like certain principles where like they hunt other predators and it's almost like, um, something they do culturally as a rite of passage or something. Um, and we don't know much else about them except all their super tech they have, but do, do you know if there's more to them? No, no. I mean, again, I think you'd know more than I do. I, I didn't dig too deep into that kind of stuff because I just, I know I'll step in poop no matter what with the certain crowds. So, sure. I, yeah, but I mean, they seem to be hunting for sport, right? And seeking out predators for just competition. Yeah. Um, it does seem to parallel um, Naru's little mission i can't remember what she called it where like she proves herself as a hunter every comanche yeah fuck now you got me mispronouncing it <laughs> <clears throat> goes yeah. on that little journey right right it's, it's kind of like what the predator is going on yeah yeah it almost seems like uh like they drop one off to like go prove yourself and then uh you either win or you lose or whatever and uh yeah it just seems like a ritual, which I feel like is weird because that's like all we know about them when we define their whole species by this one thing they do. I mean, what if like they make great cheese or like they have like other things that they're like known for that uh, we're just like calling them predator versus like alien. Like we know at least like they like to reproduce and stuff um, and they like hop around planets. I guess predators have ships and stuff. Ah, yeah, I just wish we knew more about them. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I would... In your defense, I think you're probably right. I bet they make great cheese. Yeah, it seemed like it. A bunch of cheesemongers hanging out there. And then <laughs> every now and then they have to go prove their worth. I'd like to see a story where one of them like really doesn't want to come kill people on Earth. It's <laughs> yeah. like, my dream is to make cheese. Yeah, I don't want to be labeled as a predator. <laughs> I don't want to be violent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Ooh, yeah. That, I'm, I'm going to come back to that later. I'm going to go through the okay. plot. Um, did you recognize anyone in this film? Actor, actress-wise? No. No, I did not. I mean, Amber Midthunder has a recurring role on the TV show Legion. Mm-hmm. She, I guess, had. I think that show's done. She has a recurring role on the series Roswell, New Mexico. In 2016, she was in Hell or High Water, which had Chris Pine and Jeff Bridges in it, but I haven't seen any of that stuff, so... Oh, she was in that? Hell or High Water? Yeah, I mean, she would have been kind of young, probably, I think, because this was six years ago. I feel like she's in her mid-20s, so... Okay. Maybe late teens, mid-teens? I think a lot of that uh, cast in this are, like, from TV shows. or like, that's, like, what they're most well-known from, which I think is really cool that they picked, like, avoided big names. I think that kept probably the suspense around the film larger. Yeah, Yeah, and the guy who played the Predator, Dane DiLiegro, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, is a former professional basketball player. Oh, cool. 
That's awesome. And he hosts a culinary travel series on YouTube called Adventure Monday. Nice. Adventure Monday. That's great. <laughs> uh, yeah. They, I, yeah. I was, I was surprised. Uh, why didn't they use the same guy? Well, I guess, yeah, that guy's probably quite old now. Uh, who's the original Predator. Yeah. Boy, I can't remember the guy who... I want to say one of those guys passed away kind of young, but it might have been the guy that played the Xenomorph. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I always get those two confused. I just remember them being like tall guys. Yeah, the, right. Yeah. Right, and then remember Jean-Claude Van Damme originally was going to be the Predator, <laughs> and he kept complaining. That they couldn't like show his face enough or something? I think he was, yeah, and he was like hot and passing out in the thing, which, oh. in his defense, it probably was really hot in that suit. Yeah, but he's like a martial arts dude. I mean, I don't know. I thought he'd have... No, they're not allowed that. to have feelings. Yeah, seriously. They're supposed to be able to tough it out. They're not allowed to want to stay on their home planet and bake cheese. Exactly. <laughs> Man, tough life. Did you uh, mention the Rotten Tomatoes score for this yet? No, I was going to unless you want to. No, you do it. All right. Well, it's got a 93% Rotten Tomatoes and a 78% user score. It's a pretty high uh, rating there. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think movies that just have mass appeal and are likable but not necessarily knock your socks off amazing have the highest they're the ones sitting at like 90 95 because like all the critics give them like b's or like three out of fours or something. yeah everyone's like this is an entertaining movie and i liked it so yeah, yeah if everyone likes it then yeah. yeah yeah that's true that's how rotten tomatoes math works i know i know uh that, that's why do you, do you like other rating or scoring uh sites better you know, I find Letterboxd to be the most reliable. I mean, it's entirely user-based, but... Okay. What does this I have on Letterboxd? Oh, good question. I used to put that on our little notes, but I just oh. stopped keeping track of it. Okay. Yeah. I don't trust any of them, really. I mean, in my year-end cramming of movies that come out this year, I'll probably pick from ones that have higher scores on Letterboxd. But sure. But I don't limit my what I'm digging into based on scores. I okay. usually don't check them until after I've watched. Oh, interesting. I like start there and then watch things. Um, I yeah, that, that, I wanted to talk about uh, the horror movies that have been coming out this summer, and maybe even like going back to like February, March, April. Um, well, I guess this whole year then. But um, I do feel like the, uh, we're getting a lot of horror films in theaters and streaming that are getting pretty like decent scores uh do you feel this year is like a little different or we're getting higher quality or better uh releases than we have in previous years i don't know i think there's always been pretty good quality releases either on streaming or vod at least mm. in the past few years yeah i guess but like the like the volume of like new movies like we're, we're gonna talk about bodies 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 where we just saw like black phone x um and these all like have come in i feel like at 80 plus percentage even the scream 5 i want to say was like 80 plus percent potentially so yeah it just seems like you've got some big releases that are doing fairly well from a critical standpoint which seems odd oh okay i thought you were saying specifically stuff that was going to tv was doing well oh, yeah, yeah although all the there's been a lot of new horror that's come out that's been pretty well yeah. reviewed yeah i feel like this year like uh being in august like we've had a good number of like 80 percent plus horror films horror. i think it's so far been a decent year for horror like yeah I don't know. It's hard these days because everybody wants to compare every year to like 2017 and 2018, which were just like knock it out of the park years for horror. But yeah. I don't think we can expect those years every year, but 
I think you can just be happy if you get a really good mix of some good wide releases and good small releases, and I think we've got that so far. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, yeah, and like given what's on the roadmap for the rest of the year, I, I think this is going to end up like a pretty strong year for horror, just based on what we've seen so far. I think so too. Well, we shall see. Yeah, TBD. Um, any other background? Um, this was scored by Sarah Sch- Schackner. Mm-hmm. And I found that interesting. We don't really say women's names that often when we say who a movie is scored by, unfortunately. That's true. That might be the first time. I don't know that we've that. said many women when we talk about that. Oh, except yeah. um, X. Speaking of X. Oh, who's Chelsea, that It by? was Chelsea Wolfe and some other dude. She scored it or they just used one of her songs? She scored it as well, I think. I think they scored it together. Oh, nice. Okay. I want to say her and some guy named Ben, but I cannot remember that. Okay. Cool. But yeah, she also had the the song that was prominent in the movie. Right, right. Yeah, that was awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah hope to see more more of that. Yeah, and this house. woman also scored the Lazarus Effect from 2015. Oh, I saw that. That was a shitty movie. Have you seen that? I know. I remember you seeing that and being yeah. really disappointed that it sucked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think okay. you thought it was going to be good just because it had Olivia Wilde in it. Oh man, yeah. There. T- oh man. Yeah, uh, that that was the uh, same thing with the Last Predator. It had Olivia, a different Olivia. But say I, I fell for the same trap again. Olivia Munn. Yeah, Olivia Munn. <laughs> Those Olivia's those get me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So Sarah Shackner. Hopefully, we'll see some other scores from her. She's scored other films too, and shows and video games. Okay. Cool. Um, I have got an Ohio connection, but I have some other announcements first. Oh boy! All right. Okay. So first, a thank you to our new patrons, Liz, Chris, and Emily. We appreciate your support and welcome. Uh, Patreon subscribers, not too long ago I put part two of my Hellraiser franchise review out there, so that's out there, and sometime, hopefully in the next week, me and Ashvin are going to record a Patreon episode on Wishmaster from 1997. That's all I forgot. If Ashvin hasn't forgotten, okay, he's (laughs) forgot. (laughs) And a big announcement, I want to let all of you know that I was a guest on the wonderful podcast Horror Movie Talk. David and Bryce had me on to discuss Cabin Fever. It was a lot of fun. Those guys put on a really great show. So go check me out on their Cabin Fever episode and then go listen to the rest of their catalog. Um, And we're going to try to get one of them on our show too at some point if we can just get our guest procedure together. We haven't had a guest on in like over a year and a half. Oh, we haven't? Correct. Yeah. Uh, Who was the last guest? Whitney. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was a long time ago. Yeah, on the Mortuary Collection. But yeah, go check out Horror Movie Talk. Uh, I think the same day this is coming out, you can toggle over there and go listen to their their show on Cabin Fever that I guest on, and you can just make that a dynamic duo podcast every Wednesday. Yeah, I like their show a lot. It's yeah. It's a lot of fun. They're really entertaining. It was fun to uh, be a fly on the wall a little bit for it, because they just like... They don't edit much. They just kind of like do it all right there. And it's like, a, <laughs> it felt like very professional, like radio. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, one last announcement. After our plot run through and everything at the end, I think, of this episode, I'll read an email from a listener who had some feedback slash more to add on to our Jennifer's Body episode. Oh, cool. Excited to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. The Ohio Connection, as always. Our friend Alex connects every movie we watch to our home state of Ohio for us. 
He owns a bar called Jukebox Bar and Restaurant in Cleveland, Ohio, so if you're in the area, swing by for some great food and drinks. Alex says, Prey is a science fiction horror action film directed by Dan Trachtenberg based on the Predator franchise produced by John Davis. It is the fifth installment in the franchise and a prequel to the first four films. John Davis produced all five films along with dozens of other high-profile films. These films include Game Night, iRobot, Grumpy Old Men, The Firm, Behind Enemy Lines, and The Express, the Ernie Davis story. A film adaptation about former Syracuse football standout Ernie Davis, who was the first African-American to win the Heisman Trophy in 1961. Davis went on to be selected number number one overall in the NFL draft, but famously never played in a pro game. He was diagnosed with leukemia in 1962 and died a year later. Though we never played at the time of his diagnosis and passing, he was a member of the Cleveland Browns located in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Wild. Yeah, good connection. He was, he was like a, a team member? He was on the team but never got to play. Oh, okay. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Cool. Go Browns. Yeah. All right. Nice. Good Good connection. Any uh, Anything else? Uh, that's all I got. All right. Well, then, if you're ready, let's talk about the plot, spoil the film, and review it. But before we do that, do you mind if we take a quick break? I just got to run outside really quick. Okay, yeah, sure. Cool. I'll call you right back. All right, hey Brian, I'm back. Hey buddy, how did everything go outside? Oh man, it, it was good. I, you know, I was playing capture the flag with uh, some neighborhood kids, uh, but they kept getting pissed because I was using my invisibility cloak and and uh, kept winning. Uh, but I kept telling them like I don't see what the big deal is. Uh, it doesn't say anywhere in the rules that a grown man can't wear an invisibility cloak when he plays capture the flag with uh, a bunch of ten year old kids, does it? <laughs> doesn't seem like an unfair advantage at all. Way to seek out the top of the food chain with those kids. I know, know, man. I've been stalking them for weeks. (laughs) Saw them playing this game like, hey, I'm going to get them like this. I do feel like if you had an invisibility cloak, that would be fairly high on your list of things to do. (laughs) Go crash a game of Capture the Flag, yeah. Yeah, terrorize some children. Yeah, ah, man, hearing that makes me miss uh, Laser Tag. You played that recently? Oh, man. I I think it was at Joseph's bachelor party. Yeah, didn't you win? Did, did you win? I did. Yeah. I just crushed some kids. Like Yeah. I, and I felt really good about myself for it, too. That's the best part of playing laser tag as an adult, is you just go to town on these kids. I remember... Like, that was strategy. We were all gathered around looking at the scores, and I heard some kid go, Oh, man, he beat Lucas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he took down the top dog, Lucas. <laughs> I Yeah, I did. I, I landed yeah. on that planet and destroyed the top predator, whose Damn. name was Lucas. Way to go, man. Uh, I, wonder, I hope Lucas is doing okay out there. I was playing, like, filthy, a filthy game of laser tech. What was, was your strategy? Like, were you sniping from upstairs or something? Yeah, oh, yeah. I was definitely sniping from upstairs. And then, like, if you would come over and, like, talk to me about my spot or whatever, I'd be like, okay, cool. See you later. And then I'd yeah. shoot you in the back. <laughs> oh, God. That's like one of the dick moves to it do. It was a dick yeah. move, and I don't even think you knew I was doing it. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing I really miss playing with uh, in the last two years. I'll have, to, I'll have to go find some kids to pick on on that one. That's super fun. Yeah. All right. 
Well, this movie kicks off introducing us to our main character, a young woman named Naru. She's a member, she's a member of the Comanche tribe. Comanche? <laughs> Comanche. God damn it. <laughs> Comanche. Honestly, that's Comanche's how I've pronounced it my whole life, but who knows? Maybe it's wrong. I didn't know this word until like a week ago. Oh, that's embarrassing for you. Yeah, yeah. How'd you how'd you know about them? Did we learn did I skip something? In in school? I, yeah, I think you skipped a lot of things. <laughs> oh, damn. I think there's a class I didn't go to. Yeah. All right, the Comanche tribe. And uh while she is trained in healing people uh with some med- medicinal flowers, we're also uh, made aware that she's keenly interested in becoming a hunter. And uh, it's something that isn't quite welcomed in her village as a, a woman to do. And her brother, who is this renowned warrior in the tribe, uh, doesn't really want her becoming, um, uh, I, I guess, a warrior or a hunter. Um, our opening shots are of her hunting a deer in the woods. She uses this axe that's attached to rope, which is pretty badass. But while she's hunting, uh, her dog gets caught in a, a f- uh, like a bear trap kind of thing. And she notices a fire going across the sky and thinks it's a thunderbird, but we as a viewer feel pretty confident that it's actually the predator coming in. Uh, what did you think of these opening shots in the, in the setting? I thought it was really cool. It's really pretty, like, landscape photography. And yeah, she's got that tomahawk thing she's throwing around, which is really cool. And um, I like the, what they're setting up here. She finds a bear trap, which is kind of a sign of encroaching white settlers, so... Mm. Uh, I think that kind of sets up a little bit of a theme. Yeah, I, yeah, and it will come back to that. But it's interesting because right uh, when she like kind of deals with that, that's like when the title kicks in and it says "Prey." So right. yeah, I think there's some uh, commentary there. Uh, yeah, but I agree with you. The cinematography and the scenery is great. Uh, it kind of like makes me appreciate. Like I, I think Nope, we also kind of appreciated the big outdoors and like how it's being captured. So cool to see that again here. Indeed. Um, things get interesting when one day one of the tribe members is attacked by a lion. So after recovering his injured body, Naru and her brother hatch this plan to catch the lion. Naru comes close to capturing it, but at the last minute, she gets distracted by a light caused by the predator in the distance, uh, which causes her to lose her footing. Luckily, her brother saves her and ends up killing the lion and the village rejoices at his victory. But Naru is disappointed that she didn't get to make the kill, and she knows that something else is out there, uh, and no one's really like paying attention to her. So she uh, goes out hunting for something that she thinks is out there because she's finding like animals that have been skinned in abnormal ways and seen some footprints. So she heads out with her dog into the woods, and meanwhile we're seeing scenes of the predator, which is mostly invisible, going around hunting. Uh, other predators like rattlesnakes, um, wolves, uh, etc. Uh, what did you think of these like early scenes of the predator here hunting animals? I like them, and I think again that was kind of a theme. It seemed like he was climbing the food chain. Like there's one moment specifically where like a bug crawls up predator's leg, and a mouse eats the bug, and then a snake eats the mouse, and then the predator kills the snake. So it just was just like okay, that's the the food chain like right there for us all to see <laughs> in one shot yeah exactly yeah uh it's really heavy on cgi animals yeah um and that was a beef with a lot of our discord users the cgi in the movie but i th- actually th- i think i'm probably in the minority here but i thought they looked pretty good like 
I knew they were CG animals, but mm-hmm. I think it could look worse. Sure. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I guess uh, you got to expect it's CGI. Like, uh, I, I guess, yeah, that part wasn't too bothersome. But what about like the invisibility, the effects of the invisibility? Like, did that CGI bother you at all? You know, I don't think it looked any better than the original. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I actually thought it looked worse. I forget how they did it in the original. I remember we talked about it, um, and it was more like practical effects, or like, yeah, some some camera trickery. But here it's clearly CGI, and uh, yeah, I, I don't think it looked great, but you thought it was on par? Uh, no, I, th- I think it probably looked better in 1987. Yeah, I think it was a lot more interesting how they did it back then. For some reason, though, you know, I feel I have to do this every once in a while on an episode where I reveal that I'm just into a movie and I've stopped looking at it critically Oh man! <laughs> because I'm enjoying it. So I think a little bit of that happened with me for this movie. You're already like so into it? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. I think I would just enjoy the setup. I like the outdoors and this was a really pretty setting it takes place in the northern great plains which maybe not that far from where i live (laughs) i I feel like they could have just showed nature for two hours and you would have been into it (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah pretty much you don't try to stay like unbiased throughout the whole film to like keep a sense of like uh oh like uh yeah maybe like yeah you got you got bought in at one point but then not letting your guard down I normally do, but every once in a while I, I lose myself. Cool. Well, I'm glad this movie is like kind of pulling you in. I think that's <laughs> every a, once in a fucking while in my life, Ashman, <laughs> I let myself enjoy things. I guess it doesn't happen it. often. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let me have this. <laughs> okay. No, I'm with you. Like, the scenery is so good, and I, I think the pacing here really pulls you in, too. Um, but yeah, so some of the visuals, I, I, I agree with you. Like, the animals I thought were a little clunky, but uh, I couldn't knock them too much on that because it's hard to do like real life animal attacks. And, right, what uh, are you going to do? Have a predator, like, fight a bear yeah, in real life? exactly. You know, all these people complaining about this on our Discord were all <laughs> saying in, in Nope a couple weeks ago, oh, yeah, the theme is you shouldn't exploit animals for entertainment yeah. and make spectacles of them, and well, here they are. <laughs> I know. They, apparently, they wanted some real live animals to be made spectacles of in this yeah. movie. Yeah, wow, yeah. Damn, that's revealing. Frowning upon all of you at the same time, everybody. <laughs> yeah, Pete would be pissed. Uh, about our audience here. All right. Well, so uh, while Naru, Naru is going through the woods, she gets cornered by a bear who gets really close to killing her until the predator shows up and battles the bear. And I think we get a really cool visual here when the predator rips into the bear and the blood just kind of spills over the predator's shape, um, revealing like the the shape of the predator. What, what did you think of that? I thought that was a really cool reveal as well. And his fights with the animals, maybe they were CG heavy, but they still were really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. It kind of like shows off the weaponry he has and like the strength. It's like kind of like, yeah, beat up a bear. So I, I think they're telling and in, in they showcase a lot of the predator. Yeah, right. And I mean, they do show like there's a real rabbit in the movie. There's a real wolf in the movie. Yeah. It's just when shit gets hairy, you can't have a real animal in there. Oh, that was a real wolf until he killed it, I guess. It was a real wolf. I mean, I won't say just the killing scene was CG. I'm. It was a real wolf woven in with CG. All right. There was a wolf trainer um, what about and the a bear? rabbit trainer in the credits. What about the bear? I don't 
remember. I didn't see a bear, but that doesn't mean there wasn't a real bear. Mm. What about the predator? The predator was real. There was a predator trainer in the credits. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> nice. Uh, it just fed them little kids who were playing Capture the, capture flag, the flag every yeah. once in a while. That's what they get. Um, so she uh, escapes the spare once it gets killed, obviously, and floats down the river. She gets um, found by some of her tribesmen who are trying to take her back to the village. Uh, she refuses, and they beat her up and tie her hands together. Hey, did you feel like people were like being really aggressive towards her throughout like like every interaction throughout the film, except her mother and brother, I guess? That was another complaint that was frequent on our server, was that the misogyny angle was like hit a little too hard like these yeah. dudes are very like you should be back home in the kitchen and like yeah. punching her in the face and stuff non-stop um, yeah I, I don't know i don't know how realistic or unrealistic that may or may not have been with that culture in that time so yeah I, it does seem a little maybe anachronistic the way it played out like yeah i mean I honestly thought it would have been cooler to see the whole thing just in Comanche with subtitles because the English alone makes things a little anachronistic. I mean, not that English itself is only a modern language, but it's the type of English they were speaking to. Yeah, you know, it was it's really modern. Very modern English. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that criticism. It's a little heavy-handed with that kind of stuff. I think so, too. I think you could have had, like, one scene of it or, like, one or two comments made, but... It was literally like every interaction she had, which I think there were like three or four scenes where she's like interacting with other tribes people and like they're giving her like straight up shit for like, yeah, uh, stepping out of her role. And I do think they're, you know, they talked about the idea of maybe doing it no dialogue. Mm -hmm. I do think there should have been dialogue, but I think they could have really dialed it down. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I think that would have helped because it does pull you out of it a little bit, like that type of English they're using. uh, Yeah. For sure. All right. Well, they're taking her back to the village, and uh, suddenly they get ambushed by the predator who shows up. Uh, the tribesmen get killed. One gets his arms cut off, which I felt like that. And there was another scene where she's like in the mud and like uh, comes out of the mud. I felt like those two scenes were kind of a throwback to the original predator. Uh, wasn't there a guy who gets his arms chopped off in part one? Yes. The guy right. with the guns. Yeah. And I think the gun keeps firing even after he has his arm. Oh yeah. Cut <laughs> off. Yeah, and she goes, she falls into a bog and gets covered in mud. It seems like kind of a callback to Arnold's strategy. Yeah. Um, but I kind of like that they just, they almost let it be a, uh, not a red herring, but it, it's almost meant to distract you. Oh, yeah. Like, because you think she's going to, like, use that or something. You think she's going to use that as her strategy against the predator, but that doesn't end up happening, which I think left a lot of people just feeling confused why that scene was in there, but. I kind of liked it as a callback, and it successfully threw me off the scent of how she would ultimately defeat the Predator, even though I should have seen it coming from a mile away. Sure, yeah. Now, I liked it, too. It was a cool nod, and then, uh, yeah, it's cool that they don't, like, lean into it that much. Uh, yeah. And keeps the originality of it. For sure. Um, so the Predator kills uh, her, her uh, tribesman. She makes a run for it. And is getting chased by the predator, but suddenly she gets trapped in one of those bear traps that we saw in the beginning. And the predator, seeing that she's trapped, leaves her alone. So the French explorer, they're, they're these French trappers in the area who have caught her and they like cage her. They put her in this cage and they have her brother there and they're torturing her as well, uh, or him as well. 
and uh, they're asking her what she knows about the Predator, and she doesn't tell them anything. So they use her and her brother as bait to draw on the Predator. The Predator shows up and kills all the trappers who are in the area. Oh, most of them. And uh, does so using like pretty cool gadgets. One's like a net that like goes over them and like squeezes them to de death and crushes them. Another is like these flying discs which kind of like explode. Uh, what do you think of all the technology that we saw here? I thought it was pretty cool. It reminded me of a video game called Revolution X starring Aerosmith where you shoot CDs at people. <laughs> Aerosmith started a game? <laughs> yeah. That's great. I think it was either for Sega or Sega CD. Uh, but no, it was fun. I, I liked... This was a gory movie. Gory, violent, and action-packed. Yeah. And I enjoyed watching all the destruction that the Predator wreaked upon mostly people. I mean... Some of the animal scenes were actually kind of cool too, although I know that's a trigger for a lot of people. But mm. I thought it was pretty fun action most of the time. Yeah, really cool to see in action. I, I just feel like uh, it's so like unfair. Like you know, the predator is all about like taking down, uh, or is like all about the sport sports uh, nature of this, or like the sport of hunting, and is just like using all these like uh, technologies and tools that are like light years ahead of his who he's like fighting. So, like, the, first off, like, being invisible and then uh, bombs and uh, nets and, like, all types of gadgets. Like, uh, how's that fair? How's, how's that sport then? I think that I see the extreme intelligence in your little uh, skit about you playing with the kids and saying that there's no rule on the books that says you can't <laughs> remember yeah. or wear an invisibility cloak. I think you were making a yeah a, an intelligent commentary on the film and the Predator's mentality. Yeah, totally. It, it yeah. Just, yeah, does, does, it seems like uh, he's, he's not even playing the same game. He's just got, like, all this uh, tech on him. He's, he's right. destroying him. Yeah, it does kind of diminish his uh, his goal. Again, though, I think that then when you do that kind of stuff, you get into the people who know the entire Xenomorph life cycle territory where you're picking holes in a movie that is a sci-fi adventure that just can't yeah. be the big fun it can be if it starts following every single one of its rules with yeah to excruciating detail it has to sure. follow them generally but yeah 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 i guess i i struggle because i have like this respect for the predator and like seems like a disciplined character who is doing this as as a you know like something that's uh unique to their uh lifestyle and playing by a certain set of rules and like we've seen in other movies when they've been defeated like they are honorable in terms of like how they see defeat i want to say um so, yeah, it's just kind of, yeah, it just feels like un, uh, unlike their character to like be so far advanced where it's like not even fair. But I, I guess we'll, uh, the tables turn here pretty quick. Sure, right. Yeah. So, um, while the Predator, after the Predator wipes out uh, these trappers, Nauru goes to free her dog. And while she's there, she kills a few French uh, men. Um, and this is, I think, the first time, like we've seen her in the film in the opening, try to kill a deer. She couldn't do it. She tried to get the lion, she couldn't do it. She tried to get the bear, she couldn't do it. But suddenly she's like this crazy like killer who takes down like five French people. Did, did you find this strange? Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe a little bit now that you mention it, because I do have somewhere in my notes, like, man, she really sucks at hunting. <laughs> yeah, but so, yeah, except for this scene. Suddenly she's like incredible at it. Yeah, I mean, this was the coolest scene in the movie to me with her fucking up these French dudes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it doesn't really 
add up with her skill set that we've seen so far. <laughs> yeah. I also like the bog. Like when she was walking through that, I was like, that is clearly a bog and she's about to fall in. And like, oh, yeah. if I know that, I feel like a Comanche woman in the 1700s should know that. Wow. Uh, I don't even know what a bog is, man. I, I thought that was just like a, just a pile of mud, right? Yeah, it's a fancy type of swamp. Oh, okay. Oh, so you caught it before she even walked into it? Yeah, I mean, it looks like there's a, a bog here that you can like go hike around. It's really cool. Wow. So they um, actually it looks pretty... looks exactly the same. And they're pretty dangerous, I guess? Yeah, you know, I wouldn't step off the edge. I, I don't think I'd drown, but I'd probably sink halfway up to my waist in, in gunk. They have kind of a... No, they've laid laid down a path. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, that, that was a, a, a rookie mistake there. So yeah, suddenly she's like an incredible killer. Um, one of these uh, French guys who's injured asks her for help treating a wound that he has. In exchange, he teaches her how to use a gun. She gives him some herbs, which cools his body temperature down. And suddenly the predator shows up, and she notices that the predator can't see the guy anymore. So she puts it together that, okay, the herb and the way it cools the body down uh, makes it so that the predator can't see you. Her brother attacks the predator, but he gets killed. Uh, Naru flees into the woods. She finds one of the French trappers and takes him hostage and cuts his leg off. When he wakes up, she uses him as bait to draw the predator in. And she takes that medicine so that her body temperature is low and the predator doesn't see her. So while the predator has its back to her, she shoots the predator and steals its mask before fleeing into the woods. The predator chases after her and a battle ensues. Uh, she gets stuck in the, or the predator gets stuck in the bog this time. And she, uh, it points the laser, this gun at her that uses this laser technology from the helmet. But the helmet that she had stolen is now pointed at the head of the predator. And so when he shoots at her, it actually causes the bullets to go right into his head, its head, killing the predator. Uh, what do you think of this like final battle scene? You know, I like the final battle scene pretty well. It didn't compare to her fighting the Frenchman. To me, that was the peak of the action for me. Uh, I didn't fully understand how that all worked with the head or the mask, so I had to like rewind it, and I was like, oh, okay, I think I get it now. It's hard not to go back and be like, that was a pretty stupid mistake the Predator made. I guess I would have rather had him finish him off, ra rather had her finish him off with a something a little different than that. Sure. Like the, maybe like the, the axe on the rope. Right. That had come in the play at the end. Yeah, for sure. Like that's all you need. I mean, yeah. it got a little complicated with the laser and it, then it also requires you to believe like, okay, he forgot that he didn't have his mask on, uh, which is just a real rookie mistake. I know. That was kind of silly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that, and, and like, uh, what are the odds? Like, cause she gets the mask and she like puts it like in one spot and he just so happens to be standing right in it when he shoots at her. And like, yeah, the, the odds of that, like get executing that way, it's just uh, pretty hard uh, to, to calculate. But she, uh, I mean, I, I think it is cool, like just kind of the story here of like how she outwitted uh, the Predator, like right. using its own weapons against him pretty much. Yeah, right. And I think there are some haters online just in this movie. Uh, but that's what the first one was too, right? Like it had a, bus, a bunch of muscle bound 
dudes armed to the teeth, but that wasn't how they defeated the Predator. They did it with wits and cunning and endurance and, like, you know, the same way she did it, essentially. Yeah. I think, do you remember how the Predator dies in the first one? Oh, boy. It's some sort of, like, timed bomb that detonates, right? Yeah, I think it, like, realizes it's lost and it sets, like, a self-destruct bomb on itself. So I thought this was actually, she, like, one-upped Arnold Schwarzenegger in this one by actually killing it. Um, So, yeah, it it was kind of cool to see, like, not necessarily, like, a muscle fight, but, like, a a battle of the brains. (laughs) (laughs) Muscle fight. Yeah. You know how those Uh, go. Speaking of funny things you say, uh, I think it's pronounced herb instead of herb. What? <laughs> yeah, like basil is an herb. No, I think it's a herb, man. Herbs and spices? <laughs> herb is like a guy our dads would go bowling with. That's Herbie, dude. That's Her- herb is a name. I don't it's, know about that. Yeah, herbs and spices? Have you said that your whole life? <laughs> spices and herbs, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I think it might be a regional thing. Maybe uh, wherever you grew up. They say, uh, uh, yeah, I think Akron. whatever <laughs> micro-region you're in at the time is the <laughs> only region that's, that calls them herbs. <laughs> you're saying the H is silent on herbs? Yeah. That's dumb. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> All right. Oh. Well, well, I guess uh, I realize I'm talking a little bit out of both sides of my mouth because I'm like, oh, these dudes who know like everything about the xenomorphs and the predators, and if anything goes against that, they'll be angry. But at the same time, I get it. I mean, there's some there's some big logic jumps in this movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There are definitely some logic jumps, but uh, yeah, sci-fi. You're right. You can't like go in like uh, expecting everything to be entirely logical. Right. That, right. That's the that's the five part, right? The of the sci-fi. <laughs> Otherwise, it would just be Sai. Uh, yeah. So the movie ends with Naru returning to the village with the head of the Predator and the gun from the French guy, which actually comes back in Predator 2 and uh, warns her people that they need to move out of there because there is danger in the vicinity. Um, and question for you, when she says that, do you think she's talking about the Predator or is she talking about the Frenchman? I think that's the part that brings the theme home. Is like she could be talking about either or both. Okay, both yeah. of the encroaching th- approaching threats. Um, they also, I don't think the Comanche occupied territory this far north. Um, so, I get. I mean, they were. I think they were on the Great Plains, but I don't think they were on the northern Great Plains. So I kind of wondered if it was almost like revisionist history of that. They used to live in this area, and the predator drove them out. I didn't, or if that was just me looking up incorrect information. No, um, I think you're, I think you're right. They were more like Texas and like uh, Oklahoma and stuff, right? Right, right. Which I think still is considered the Great Plains, but I don't think anyone would call that Northern Great Plains. Oh, and where did they say Northern Great Plains? Is that what they said in the opening? They all they say is Northern Great Plains. It was filmed oh. in Canada. Yeah, so that's like really North Great Plains. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point. Yeah, it could could right. be a uh, revisionist history is a, a big thing these days. And I think that the throughout the film they were trying to make the predator as symbolism for the, the encroaching white man, uh, you know, the unfamiliar technology. She picks up the bear trap and wonders about it. Could be a yeah. parallel for all the predators' gadgets. Yeah. Um, 
And the like, I think that's just going to show that the technology of Europe would have been foreign and mysterious at the time um, to Native Americans, even though I think there's a lot of studies to say like, hey, they were way more technologically advanced that we give them credit for. It's just their history has been erased. But I think it would still be foreign technology. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought, too. Like, I, I think that, that there were, he was like a meta or like it was a metaphor for that like invasion or like the foreign uh, element coming in except uh i didn't get that because like can, in a film can you have um because you did have like the french trappers there so why would you also have a symbol of the french trappers and like why was that also attacking the french trappers it almost seemed like a third uh variable like so you have this dynamic of like the impending danger of colonizers coming in but then, like, was the predator one of them or, like, a, another factor in this? That's interesting. So maybe the symbolism could have been even stronger if it was a bit more buried by not having the white settlers there. Yeah, imagine it was just her and the predator. Then, yeah, I think I, I think that would have clicked a lot more. But because you had the white settlers in there, can you have another character, like an alien, that also represents the white settlers? Like, is that that seems to be your interpretation? I think, yeah, I mean, if not necessarily a metaphor, I think there are parallels. Like, parallels, okay. We see that the predator skins the snake. Yeah. No reason to skin the snake other than because you fucking wanted to. Sure. Uh, then we get an image of a bunch of buffalo skinned in a field, which she assumed was a predator, but later finds out it was the man. Um so I think it's just kind of like, look, they're appearing here in this place to decimate and kill with no real regard for the balance of life or f- whether or not they use the entire animal or let it go to waste. It's almost like they're just killing for fun and sport like the predator is. So I think that was the m- maybe not the main parallel, but the the biggest parallel is just like someone coming in, destroying with no regard for the careful balance that indigenous peoples of this continent had lived in harmony with for so long and it was so important to them sure yeah i think you're right i think that that is a pretty clear parallel there um the other aspect i thought though was is the predator representing like a force of nature that uh i don't know a lot of this movie felt to me like the predator was the one being hunted either by the the french men uh, who were trying to like bait it and trap it or even her like, it was never like that the predator, I never felt like the predator was like necessarily like targeting her. And it obviously wasn't going after things that were um, not predators. So uh, a part of me wondered if like the predator was meant to be like a, a force of nature here, like a wild animal that uh, people are going after to kill. Um, but uh, I don't know. But it is like so sophisticated too, right? And yeah, maybe. Yeah, not. right. Yeah, she's seeking it out. Yeah, right, right. Like, yeah, I and, and what does that do like to the horror in this film? Like, did you think it was, it was scary or was it less so because like she's the one going after him or it than uh, the predator necessarily like stalking the Comanches? I don't think it was scary. I think it was tense and effective. I think it would have been. I think it's better this way because if they hadn't been stalking it or searching for it, then it just attacks the village. Um Although maybe it could have come and attacked the village a little bit and then they could have chased after it or something. But I don't know. That gets kind of dicey. I think it works best like the original Predator as 
a limited number of people in the woods against the predator. Yeah. Yeah, right. You get kind of like that slasher mentality again. Right, and just like the hunty and the hunter vibe where you're in the woods, you're kind of trying to outwit and outmatch each other. Uh, the mastery of the the surroundings and the ecosystem comes into play too. So, uh, A part of me made me wonder if the predator is there to preserve the food chain and like was only going after animals that kill other animals. So it could have been almost like uh, like if you're a vegan, the predator wouldn't have attacked you. It was only going after things that it felt like it was threatening, it was being threatened by, or things that it felt like were attacking other creatures. So, do do you think there was a, any kind of commentary there? Uh, hmm. Like compared to the other movies, I feel like the predator was like more like set on killing people, and I think in this one, in the build up and it killing animals and not necessarily going after things that weren't, uh, um. Attacking, I feel like it gave the character, the predator, a little bit more humanity. I want to say, uh, like, it didn't feel like totally like an evil creature as it has like in other films. Uh, right. Did you pick up on that at all? Yeah, it was almost kind of getting a feel of the lay of the land. Like, okay, this guy's a higher higher up on the chain than this guy, so yeah, that's who I fight next. Right. Um. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um. No, no, yeah. Fine. So, and that's interesting too. And that's an interesting like commentary on the food chain and how predators can actually help the ecosystem by like limiting populations that have gotten too big. Dude. Yeah. Which humans could be perceived as, I I think that story would be more meaningful had it taken place in modern times rather than 1719 on a less (laughs) densely populated continent. Yeah. Yeah. Humans back then weren't necessarily uh, having the havoc that they are today. But uh, yeah, part of me wondered if it was like a commentary and, and like yeah, the predator is here to like preserve the earth and the food chain and like uh, put people back in place where they're supposed to be. But sure. uh, yeah, I don't know. What, what did you think overall? Like, did you enjoy, it seemed like you enjoyed the film? I did enjoy the film. Um, I, I think the weaknesses are some of the practicalities. The dialogue leaves a bit to be desired um, and they're CG. But um, I think it's just a fun action movie. The fight scenes and the choreography was really cool I was definitely behind Naru in her journey like I thought she was a cool character I thought Amber Mid-Thunder gave a really great performance Um, so being behind her really helped me overlook some of the flaws as well Um, and I just feel like I'm judging the movie purely on its face of sci-fi action and whether or not it delivered on that front and I feel like it really did like just like the original did. The original had a little something extra because you could perceive it as a commentary, like a bit of a satire on action movies. Um, this wasn't that type of movie, but I think it had a little something extra with just the the themes here, the theme of uh, a woman stepping outside of her role, a theme of Predator and the parallels with the white man, Um and an underdog story in general. It makes it way easier to get behind. So one thing Trachtenberg did say was that he thought he was taking the engine of a sports film and putting it into an action movie. Um, like he wanted it to be an underdog story and a Native American woman stepping out of the traditional role is like the underdog. So That's awesome. Yeah. Um, That's really cool. Yeah, I love that too. And in such a 
great uh, franchise to bring that dynamic into. I think that's like kind of what this uh, franchise needed is like that fresh take on it. Yeah, right. Um, so I thought it was really entertaining. And yeah. I mean, practicalities, whenever you make a big action movie, there's going to be flaws in the practicalities of it. Like, as much as I love Die Hard and I like to think that the things that happen in that movie are possible, realistically, they're highly unlikely, if not completely impossible. It's just the nature of a film like this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I don't think you're supposed to judge it on the practicality. It's looking more at like the storyline and the themes and the arc, character right. arc. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. I think her character, her performance really grounds the film. The setting is amazing and well shot. Yeah. Uh, great cinematography. I did feel like, uh, you know, like I agree with you on the visuals, some problems there. Did you feel like the alien was as scary looking as it was in the 80s movie? I thought it was. I actually thought it was a little scarier, but I know I'm in the minority. So many people think the one from 1987 looks way cooler. Yeah. I actually thought it looked a little more menacing in this film than in that one. It looked a little silly and bug-like in the 87 version. Oh, man, with, like, the mandibles? Yeah. I mean, yeah. this one has mandibles, too. They're just a little different. Yeah, a little different, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I I liked the mask a lot better than the one in the 80s, like that bone thing it wore on its face. was yeah. really cool. Yeah, but, that was cool. Yeah, I feel like when it came off, we didn't get enough of its face as much as we got, like, in the 80s or 90s film, where, like, yeah, you get really up in there on the mandibles and the stuff dripping from it. You do get really up in there on the 80s one, but I kind of feel like that I would have rather seen a little less maybe even. Oh, really? It okay. did look really cool. I mean, not to take away from it. It was incredible, like creature effects and stuff, but it just didn't look as scary as I wanted it to look. Sure. Okay. Um, uh, oh, let's see. Oh, how would you, like if you had to rank, I know you've only seen two of these, but... Like, w- yeah, is this one better or do you prefer that? <laughs> I, I mean, I can't rank two. I like the original better, but this is... So this well, is the shit, w- I don't know, actually. I think they're both really close. Interesting. Okay. It's very different. Like, I'd be more willing to rewatch that one. Yeah. Yeah. Probably has a lot more rewatch value, actually. But mm. this one was just a lot of fun. This one was very popcorn. Interesting, yeah. That's yeah. I I I rewatched this one, uh, cause yeah, I th- I thought it was really cool and like very visually appealing. And if I had to pick one to rewatch, I think I would go with this one. Like the first one, you can't knock because it's original. It kicks off the franchise. It has its own vibe, uh, and like really fits the times. But I, I think this is like the story, like I would have wanted to see, like uh, the the whole underdog story, focusing on a, a population, um, that like yeah isn't well represented today. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, just really cool, uh, dynamics and like great, uh, battle of the wits here. Yeah. 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 On the battle of the wits thing, uh, I have a Dan Trachtenberg quote. He mentions how both this and the original predator are about quote, the ingenuity of a human being who won't give up, who's able to observe and interpret basically being able to beat a stronger, more powerful, well-armed force. Mm, interesting. I agree. I, I think that's what makes this a worthy sequel. It has that spirit that the original had too. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, it did. And we talked about, which I think a lot of people may not think of the original Predator this way. I think it, I don't know if it's even up for debate because the director had quotes basically saying it was kind of a satire of action movies. Um, And I think that was his point a little bit with the over-the-top muscles and the -the over-the-top guns and the scene where they shoot into the woods for like five minutes straight. Uh, 
<laughs> was that the muscle and the guns doesn't do it. Uh, the muscle fight won't work. But it's just, yeah, the, the human ingenuity, observing, interpreting, changing your behavior, which, you know, is a little bit of an argument for why she's a badass with, among the Frenchmen. Like, she's she is learning as she goes. May it, maybe it's not... It's a little faster learning than what would happen in reality, but for the span of the movie and for us to understand that that's what's happening as a viewer, then it's all neatly encapsulated right there for us to see. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it is really cool to see her kind of like pick up on these things and then use it against uh, the Predator to win. Right. It's almost like a training montage slowly spread out through the whole movie. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's really cool. I like that about the Predator films that it, like it's not just action uh, most of the time. Well, I guess like the, the key to win winning isn't just... Uh, a gunfight or something. Right. I feel like for two dudes with moderate muscles, it's nice to have that theme. <laughs> yeah. Gives us some hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, cool. Do you want to jump to our rating then? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, how many one-legged French trappers would you give this one? I give this four out of five one-legged French trappers. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Four. Yeah. It's a good good film. Good watch. Uh, good job of Hulu on it. And, and Dan uh, Trachtenberg. Yeah, for sure. Just solid, entertaining movie. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, anything else or should we wrap up? That's all I got. All right. Hey, wait. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were going to read something. I just realized I totally forgot about uh, the Jennifer's body commentary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay, so we have commentary from listener Reagan via an email about the Jennifer's body episode. So something she thought we didn't either missed or didn't touch upon enough. Uh, she said the movie did poorly when it was released, partially because the way it was, oh, and there's some, hmm, are there spoilers here? I don't think there really are spoilers here, so I think it's safe, even if you haven't seen Jennifer's body. Um, she said the movie did poorly when it was released, partially because the way it was advertised. It was marketed towards men and was seemingly familiar in how it sexualized Megan Fox. So it drew a bunch of people in, and then the actual movie had a lot more commentary on the patriarchy, and audiences were not down with that little surprise. Which, you know, we kind of knew. But she goes on to make a point of it. She says, uh, <clears throat> because you all gl- kind of glossed over Jennifer's kills and how she lured the boys to their deaths, the fact that she gets the morning football player in the woods and is jerking him off when she suddenly asks about his dead best friend was perfect. Like, come on, the shallowness of man is right there. Her bimbo persona works to lure each boy in. She thinks Rocky Horror is a boxing movie, but the emo kid still wants to hit. It's not like she's try- not trying to seduce them, but she gets away with so many what would be deal breakers because she's hot. So basically, in summary, Megan Fox kills boys after seducing them in the movie, Megan Fox tricks boys into watching a movie where a bunch of boys are killed and the two lead women are in love with each other by seducing us as male viewers in real life. And her point, she says men are as easy to trick in real life as they are in the movie. So yeah, I thought that was cool. I mean, we, we discussed some of those things, but I don't think we tied those points together and put a bow on it like she did. Yeah. That's a really nice way to sum it up. And, uh, you're right. Like, uh, I think a lot of people fell for that, and yeah, that, that's why they went to see it. Makes sense. It's like it works on a lot of levels. She also calls you out specifically here. Oh. She says, Ashwin, I loved your commentary this episode. 
Also, give the people what they want, a new supervisor album. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> then she goes on to request that we do an episode on Funny Games from 1997. Oh, is that uh, the one where t- there's like a couple in the house and people show up? I believe so. I've never seen that one. Oh, I know it's, okay. a, I believe, a home invasion movie and there's, uh, was it like a German version and the U.S. version? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm thinking that one too. Cool. All right, we'll have to check that out. Yeah, yeah, I'm done to check that out. Reagan, let us know if you want uh, the original or the U.S. version. Yeah, I'm excited to hear. And we'll cover it in approximately three years. <laughs> cool. No, a great, great take on Jennifer's body. That, that uh, It's kind of meta. That's awesome. Um, yeah, thanks, Reagan. Yeah. She also assured me I wasn't a misogynist, so oh, cool. even if she was just placating me, it's appreciated. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> At least we got that feedback. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to be our discussion on Prey. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That's going to help other people find our show. And we always appreciate it. If you want to join our discussion, you can find our social links on horrormovieclub.com or you can shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. We'll announce next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter in case you want to watch it before the next episode. We're also on Discord where we're chatting up with a few other listeners and horror movie fans. You can find that link on our website and join the discussion. Our logo is by Amy Mae Popart, so check her out on Etsy.com. Until next time, if you notice a bunch of skinned animal carcasses around, try sticking to a vegan diet for a bit just to lay low from any alien life forms that are looking to reset the uh, food cycle or the, the predator. What do, you, what do you call that cycle? The, the, the food, food chain? chain? Yeah. Yeah, there the you go. Yeah, all right. Yep. And I know from experience, eating vegetarian and vegan can get pretty boring and monotonous, so you might want to just uh, add some flavor with some herbs. <laughs> yeah, all the herbs you got, man. <laughs> herbs and spices. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't believe uh, herbs. Herbs. <laughs> <laughs>